100% born in the Appalachian Mountains and made in the USA, Timber Ninja Outdoors provides a range of mobile hunting options to accommodate diverse hunting preferences. Whether you prioritize comfort, lightweight design, or versatility, their two-panel and single-panel saddles collection has something for everyone. The Black Belt Nano is the lightest single-panel saddle available on the market, weighing in under a pound. The saddle is designed with the minimalist hunter in mind, focusing on lightweight functionality and breathability. One notable feature is the patent-pending magnetic stick clip system on the side, which allows for convenient transportation of sticks up the tree, as well as a built-in platform holder. The Nano Saddle can be folded up to the size of a Nalgene bottle, enabling easy portability. With a four-way stretch material on the back for a comfortable fit, as well as strategically placed padding for hip pinch relief. You can use code EASTMEETSWEST to get free shipping on any Timber Ninja order. If you try it out and don't like it, send it back within 30 days for a full refund. Learn more at TimberNinjaOutdoors.com and sign up for their email newsletter for exclusive discounts and product drops. Are you an adventurer looking to take your hunt to the next level? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the East Meets West Hunt Podcast, Mountain Buck Q&A edition brought to you by Timber Ninja Outdoors. The way that these podcasts work, they're a little bit different than your traditional interview style podcasts that come out on every Tuesday. These ones are specifically based off of your questions that you send in in a short 10 to 20 minute format try to go through and answer these questions to the best of my ability based off of some of my personal experiences. Now, this is going to be the last one that I'm going to do for a while, but I will say keep sending in the questions, saving all of them. This isn't the last time I'll do one of these episodes, just the last time for a little while here. So if you want to send in those questions, you can either comment on the YouTube videos of the Mountain Buck Q&As or send it into my email, bowatistmeetswesthunt.com. Make sure you put in the subject line, Mountain Buck Q&A. All right, so on this week's episode, we have a question coming in from Josh S. Josh wrote in, hey, Bo, I can get pictures of some really nice bucks, but struggle to find out where they are bedded to get close enough in daylight. How do you go about finding where they are bedded? So let me start off by saying that what I'm about to say, these are not rules as with anything with deer hunting. This is just how I like to do it and have found success finding bucks, but there's plenty of different ways to do it. This is just based off of my experience. I use three different ways or or I guess a a three-step approach to try and figure out where a buck is bedded once I locate them on camera, or maybe I saw them in person, got a visual on them in you know a travel area, feeding area, etc. And this is for outside of the rut. So in your traditional kind of pattern type times of early season and late season. So the first thing that I'm going to do is look at maps. So e-scouting. And I like to do this on a desktop versus on your phone. You can see things a little bit better. So I'll pull up Spartan Forge and look at the map at where that I got that picture from or where I saw that deer at. And I want to first you get you got to look at the time of the picture or video 
and the direction of travel. And that'll help dictate where I start looking at a map. And I want to start finding terrain and or vegetation features that look like good bedding habitat. And so the, the first thing that I'm going to do is if I have a video or picture, I'm going to look at the historical wind for the day of the photo, seeing what the weather was like. Was it a, a cold front? Was he likely to be moving earlier on that day? Is that the only th reason why I only got him this one time? You know, what, what are the reasons here? And also I want to see what that direction is because that'll help me dictate where I think he's potentially betting. With bucks and really, well, yeah, specifically with bucks, a lot of times they like to have a visual advantage in their bed. They like to have a wind advantage, advantage, and they also like to have an auditory or security advantage so that they have cover to their back. If something's sneaking up on them or coming at them, they can have that. So I'll, I'll look and... So after I look at the historical wind for the day of the photo, I'll also look at the historical predominant wind direction with Spartan Forge for the month that I plan on be hunting. So if you're in the Spartan Forge app, you can go in and under the Intel tab, go in and go to historical wind and then go by the month. And depending on where your little cursor is, it'll pull the data from that specific location. So you'll see this this wind map and seeing like, okay, it's predominantly a southwest wind at this time of year or a westerly wind or a northwest wind. And that can help try to give you the, the, the most, I guess, information on where he is likely to be bedded for most of the time. And so I'm, I'm going to start by marking obvious places like points of ridges, where the reason why, you know, they like points of ridges a lot is because they can see 270 degrees around. They've got the predominant wind blowing over their back. The daytime thermals coming up. It's just a really good location. The one thing about that is a lot of the obvious ridges and points and stuff may, may have deer on it and may have bucks on it. But sometimes other hunters find that stuff and, uh, it, it may not have the, the cover and all the things that look so good on the map. Sometimes they line up perfectly, other times they don't. So then that's when I start looking at places that are a little bit harder to find. So these micro points, which a micro point is just a smaller version that might jet off the main point, might be super small, tough to see. Turn your contour lines onto 10 foot intervals so you can see any small change in that terrain and have slope angle on so you can see where a drop off is where they can lay on top of it look down over something comes behind them they can drop down over the ridge and be gone and and no problem at all some other places are smaller benches steep drains that when i say a steep drain kind of a steep draw that might be choked with laurel or briars or something that's thick that they may be there and then really just places to avoid human pressure. So I'm going to mark those places and how far away I look on the map from the location of the, the photo or where I found that deer at is going to depend on when the time of that picture was. I mentioned earlier, but if your picture is at midnight or two in the morning, you may be looking a little bit further away than if your picture was within an hour or two of daylight. In that case, they might be a lot closer. So after I do that, 
Now it's time for boots on the ground, getting in there, head towards these places and start scouting. Now, if it's during the season, be aware of the wind while you're scouting. You don't want to completely blow it out. Uh, try to scout it with the wind in your favor and not messing up what the you know where the buck could potentially be betting and uh, be bumping them. And so as I'm moving towards these directions, I'm working backwards from the the point of the photo and working backwards, whether it's following some of these deer trails to this place and or uh, just heading towards that direction in general, but trying to use travel areas to understand how they may move through this location. And now I'm looking for scrapes, rub clusters, anything like that in those areas and paying attention to what the cover looks like. So have you ever wanted to have Levi Morgan, Andy May, Johnny Stewart, and others available at all times well you can with cyber scout from spartan forge cyber scout is like the chat gpt for outdoors men and women you can ask it any questions related to bow building scouting hunting survival and a whole lot more i think you'll be impressed with how it responds cyber scout is currently out now for a select group of early beta testers and will be available to the rest of you really soon the entire app is a complete tool for planning your hunt with incredible aerial imagery mapping, journaling, deer prediction, and some of the most accurate and detailed weather data. Use the code EASTMEETSWEST to save 20%, and if you're still on the fence, give the 14-day free trial a chance at SpartanForge.ai. One thing you can't really do that good on a map now with leaf off imagery and and good imagery you can see some things like you can see laurel patches you can see things that will have cover to them you can see logging cuts all of that kind of stuff but you can't see all of it and that's why the boots on the ground section is is so important so and, and as you start going through there rubs will dictate a travel area but clusters of rubs you start seeing them not just on a single path but starting to be around in an area and say a 40 50 yard circle now you're starting to get into an area where this buck is spending more time maybe getting up from his bed feeding a little bit rubbing some trees marking his territory as he heads out to feed for the day so, so as you start getting to that type of sign that's a little bit more indicative of a place that they might spend some daylight activity. Now, not all bucks leave a lot of sign, so keep that in mind as you're, as you're looking for these things, but that's kind of the first step to being able to do that. And with rubs, if you're hunting um, a mature buck and you see the, the pictures and he's, you know, he's got tall tines, he's got big brow tines, maybe you're looking for some of those gouges in the tree. And if it's a mature buck, so bigger body, the rubs are going to be a little bit higher up on the trees. Those are some ways to be able to understand, okay, this might be from this buck or another good deer versus just any buck that could be leaving some of the sign behind. And so the, another thing I'll say is if you get the picture on a cell cam or you see the deer in person, so some real-time intel, that's where I, I'm going to try to get in there as soon as possible and identify the track and look for the track of the deer 
to be able to signify if you can match up a track to a specific deer you've unlocked so many more opportunities because you can go anywhere and if you're able to find another track that lines up with a a unique track now you know it's that deer you don't need the trail cameras you don't need anything you can use woodsmanship skills and be able to identify that so make sure you take a picture of that track if you are able to find it now there's a lot of situations where you aren't able to do that dry leaves are hard to be able to do it rocky areas things along those lines that's why i love being able to do this in the winter when you have snow so much easier to be able to to do this and and backtrack that deer now another thing is finding a specific bed is great but that's not always the case i there's a lot of deer that i've learned where they're bedding at but i don't ever find the specific bed that i feel like they're spending all this time in and a lot of times i find that bucks will use a multiple multiple beds in an area so finding that area versus a specific bed for me is is more important and then being able to look at it look at that scenario and figure out how you would set up based on the wind where do you think he might be betting within this area because of the wind the <coughs> the weather all of these different things to to be able to hone in a little bit more now the last thing the third step in here is moving trail cameras so when using trail cameras i'll place these cameras around these key areas so whether that's scrapes or minor trails with rubs around these areas where you think he could be betting on entry and exit trails. And I'll say, don't get too worked up if you don't get him on camera. I mean, I get it wrong more than I get it right. And most of the time, I'm still not that far off. Your camera is only viewing a small area. If you think about it, it's just viewing this area that's in front of you, in front of the camera. And there's so much places around there. I've seen it in person where where deer will walk right behind a camera or use a trail that's around there, but not going through that specific spot. So don't worry as much about that. Let the sign tell you, let your, your intuition and what your, your gut feeling is telling you about some of these deer versus always needing that hundred percent confirmation from cameras. So they can only really see, you know, the small area. Now, when using cameras, if you have cell service, you can get real-time information with cell cameras, but I've normally left regular cameras soak for in these places for the whole season or for a longer period of time, and many times just didn't even check them till after the season, which makes you know, looking for these deer, a multiple year approach and trying to learn it versus being able to figure it out right then and there. So that's where from a camera strategy side of things, it can be up in the air. But like I said, cell cameras can't help with that. It's just, uh, I know at least most of the places that I hunt either don't have cell service or don't have good cell service. So I don't, I can't use those in in a lot of these situations. So it's not a necessity to be able to do that, but it it does help. And so I mostly hunt these areas based on reading sign and assumptions with using those cameras as a bonus, but not a reliance. So cameras are cool, but don't put a whole lot of weight on them. So with, with all that being said, 
the three-step approach that I have to trying to be able to locate them is the first one with being able to look at maps, going through and trying to locate areas I think they could be betting, and then getting boots on the ground, checking these places out, and then lastly, by throwing cameras up and trying to get some confirmation on it. This some deer are easier than others to be able to figure out, depending on if there's sparse cover. You're like, all right, probably coming from that area. He's within an hour of daylight coming to feed on these acorns, probably coming from there. It's easier to pinpoint versus an area where it's on a, you get them on a travel pattern and it's a lot of browse around, not as much of a destination food source. It might take longer, it might take years to, to be able to figure it out. But when I look at, at trying to figure out these deer, this is a three-step approach that I have to be able to, to go in and try to locate them. So hopefully uh, that helped you out a little bit. And I think I'm going to have to do uh, another video at some point where I'm actually going through and showing the looking at maps, marking some areas, going in and, and finding this stuff to actually be able to show you a little bit versus just talking about it. But again, hopefully this helped you out. If you like this podcast, if you like these Q&A episodes, please let me know. Really appreciate it. And uh, leave a rating and review. Tell your friends and family. All that stuff helps out so much. And with that being said, I hope everyone has a great weekend and uh, we will talk to you next week. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit eastmeetswesthunt.com, Facebook at East Meets West Outdoors, and Instagram at East Meets West Hunt. If you enjoyed today's episode, please review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time.